friends, enemies, frenemies, people I've scorned, or people I've left satisfied. I just want to let every one of you know that life is beautiful. And be thankful for just maybe the smallest thing in your life, you know? Like, think of something right now. Right now, right now. Forget everything that's bad today that happened to you. Think of something right, 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 right now that you're just the slightest bit happy for. Do you have it? Do you have it? Good. Welcome to the Who Cares Podcast. Welcome to the Who Cares Podcast. A podcast that enters your soul with your host, Stephen Moraga. So, this past week, something crazy happened to me. I mean, it, on a level of like, if there's unimaginable is like up here, and which would probably be like, you know, uh, war in Afghanistan going uh, and pulling the guts out of your um, fellow soldier's um, chest, that would be unimaginable, right? And then like, where like drama would be more like where like a lot of like high school girls would be like that would be like number one so from one to like uh 15 would be afghanistan and one would be like oh my god i can't believe trevor didn't talk to me in class um my experience was pretty much at a hmm, let's see maybe a 10 11 12 some i mean you you tell me I, i'm not really sure um i almost lost my eyeball my left one, which I didn't even know was possible uh, two weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, I was a big dum-dum. I woke up in the, the morning, and I, and I slothfully walked to the refrigerator, and I opened the refrigerator and uh, grabbed whatever it was. I was barely awake, and I'd fell asleep on the couch downstairs here. And then I'd turn around real quick, boom, and run right into the dividing wall like a complete idiot. That's right. I, I admit it. Me, Stephen Moraga, complete idiot, ran right into the wall. And you know what happened after that? I went down to one knee like I was seeing some stars. I mean, that's crazy. I've never in my life, I don't know if anybody else has, maybe, but it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird feeling. that. And you know, my first instinct was to beat the fuck out of the wall, but then I had to pull back because I don't want my hand now broken too, right? So it's a weird dynamic, right? So what happened was a couple of days later, I start to see these flashes, Flashes, swirls all the way around. And I thought, oh, fuck. I've heard about this. This could be like a detached retina, possibly. But nah, nothing's like that. I'm young. Who knows, you know? What the fuck? It's not going to happen to me. And then all of a sudden, what do you know? It starts getting worse and worse. And, uh, of course, it's the weekend. So, like, you're not going to go to emergency. Like, what kind of eye doctors are those? You know, they, they deal with, like, shotgun blasts and heart attacks and shit. So I waited till Monday. And, uh, of course, you know, no offense to my optometrist or whatever his name is, opt optician. He's, a, he's actually a doctor. He, uh, he couldn't see me until Tuesday, but you know, these lights started to kind of fade out a little bit. So I wasn't that concerned. But I do wear contacts, and I guess I do have uh, nearsightedness, and but whatever. So Tuesday comes around, and I go in there just expecting. We start joking around like we normally do. Ha ha, doctor, how you doing? Ha ha ha, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, my appointment was at 2. Then all of a sudden it starts to get like 3.30 and he's still on the same eye and you could tell this man was not too happy with what he's seen. In fact, he kind of hit the, he's trying to, he thought maybe the thing was fogged up or what on his little light, 
lens thing or whatever, and he's doing putting me through all these rigmarole of tests. So it's getting closer to four o'clock, and he says, "You know what? Um, I don't know what your insurance company is like, but um, I need you to go over here to the Retina Institute. It's right around the like pretty close to the office." Um, I would suggest that if not, if you want to wait for your insurance, but my suggestion is I'm going to call them right now. They probably close at five. It's four o'clock. I'm going to try and get you in there as fast as I can. And thank God for this man because he did. So I go over there. Uh, there's a lot of people at the retina Institute who knew a lot of people had retina issues. That's weird. But I go right in there. The lady tells me, um, where's your mask? So um, I'm thinking, well, it isn't time of the essence, but I guess, okay, I'll go out. And, and we're in Orange County where it's not really like mandatory. But okay, hopefully my eyeball doesn't tear on the way out. And uh, then I come back in and then they kind of push me through all these tests, take out my contacts. I can't see anybody. So for the next hour and a half, I'm going through all these different tests that I never expected when I woke up in the morning. And uh, then the doctor kind of sits me down and he says, uh, well, um, and I'm, I'm, I just want to leave. I mean, I'm, we're going on now like four hours of something to do with my eye. I'm not really sure what's going on yet. And so he sits me down and he says, well, you know, um, you do have two tiny, tiny little tears of your retina. And I looked at him like, oh, fuck. And he said, well, we got to schedule, you know, surgery for you. And I said, okay, well, yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, like when is it tomorrow or, or Thursday? You know, let's do it like as quick as we can. Right, doctor? And he goes, uh, Stephen, you need to have it done now. Now, granted, I've never been to this institute ever. I haven't even had the chance to yelp them. What would you do? I haven't even been able to see their face because my contacts are out. But the the severity, and I and they were very professional throughout all the rigmarole of tests that they gave me. But I had to trust that this guy is going to save my eye because you tear up your retina, you're done, man. You're blind. And and I think that's what I, I'm at like so much peace right now. As strange as that sounds, like yes, I haven't been able to accomplish all the things I want to do this week and for business and and, and other things and I mean just a whole plethora of, of different things. But um, you know when you're you're faced with the reality of losing your left eye. And if you just waited a little bit longer or maybe had that girl told me to get my mask, well, I did go get the mask. Maybe she probably shouldn't have done that, but maybe she should have given me one. Maybe that's that would be the only knock against this place. But $2,000 later, um, I think my eyes were 2000 don't you think? But um, I'm really, a, I don't know how to explain it. Like nothing really can go wrong in your life now when you, you're faced with that kind of adversity. And maybe that's nothing to, like I said, to level 15 where unfortunately our, our brave men and women had to, had to go through for the last 20 years in a godforsaken country that nobody let it be. And these men and women had to watch, you know, pick up the guts of the people that they love and care the most about that had their back, had they been on the other side or, or you know, had it been reversed. I mean, so it wasn't a level 15, but losing your eye or the potential and you don't know and you're putting your trust into system or into uh, the this doctor I've never met, this place I've never been to. I can't I haven't even seen their real faces cuz I'm I can't see very well without my contacts. Um that explains a lot, right? Some you ladies out there. But uh, no, but on a real note like uh 
I just want to say thank you to them. I mean, so far, so good. Uh, maybe next week when I'm had some complications or something, but I don't think so. I think everything's healing real well, knock on wood. And um, I was meant for bigger and better things, and my eye was supposed to be in my eye socket and not be dark. But it really makes you think, right? Everything can change in a moment, all because of my dumbass running into the middle of a wall. So this week we had California elections. Speaking of dumbasses, um, we had a plethora of dumbasses in this election cycle. There was, uh, well, cast of characters that California likes to present. Um, I'm surprised a homeless man didn't run. If I were homeless, I would have ran because, you know, there's so many. You might have just won off that vote. You know, I don't know why anybody didn't think about that one, but um, I guess Larry Elder thought he would get the minority vote, except that all minorities don't like him. I used to be a not a fan of his, but I used to be. Um, I used to think he was very pragmatic, uh, very logical in his thinking. Um, I thought sometimes he was pandering, but you know, you got to know people for what they are, and I think that he is what he is. He's a radio host, um, but I thought that he was logical in his in many times. But I also thought that. Um, it sounded like he was kissing up sometimes not to say he's an uncle Tom or anything like that. Uh, who, who am I to say that I'm obviously, um, not the African American race, so I can't say that, but there would be times when I'd say, well, that's a little weird. And then one of my friends brought this up to me about Larry Elder. And then he said that, uh, and I, I looked it up, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm still battling my, you know, it's been a crazy couple of weeks since I got back from Dallas, but, but what my friend, uh, explained to me was why don't you take a look at this interview with Candace Owens that he had? And in that, he said, uh, and he was using it, I understand, as an example, I guess, that reparations for African Americans are uh, abhorrent. And they're, you know, uh, if we do that, then we should do this, this, or the other. But you really can't do that because people were slaves, not just African Americans or, or black people back then, but there have been slaves throughout history. Um, so anybody that owns slaves, knew i mean they had a they had a bible right they knew that moses freed slaves it's not right just because it's legal just because it is or not so larry elder's opinion was that if we're going to give reparations to families of slave uh, owners or, or, or slave owners families of slaves um then then why don't we give money to the owners because they lost their property because it was legal at the time now maybe in legal sense that makes sense i guess but no, you, you can't walk away from that one. And it made me lose all respect. I don't care what kind of point he was trying to make. Maybe he's trying to say the absurdity of it. That's fine. But maybe it's not that absurd to some people. Uh, that particular subject is one that I don't know if you can use an absurd kind of reference. Uh, absolutely no. I don't care if it's legal. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Um, there's many things right now that I could be doing that are legal, but morally reprehensible. None of which is the fact that I would even own a person, but I think everybody that did own a person and was very few, a lot of people wanted to think that there was, you know, so many plantation owners. No, these were very rich plantation owners and they were, uh, smaller percentage than we really actually think. However, they did have the majority of the slaves. And so anyways, to own a person, means that your soul is owned by something, some other entity that I don't even want to know because you knew better. 
And I never want to hear anything about, well, that was the time period. And no matter what generation, whether it be in the 1800s, whether it be in the 1400s, whether it be in BC times, whatever. Either you're a complete psychopath or, or sociopath and enjoy that and uh, assume the fact that you couldn't be an influencer on your own. So you had, to, you had to be an arrogant, you had to lay back on your arrogance and you had to lay back on your um, status that you were probably born into. Or if you did achieve it, that's arrogance and some sort of bizarre fucking something within you that is weak. A weak man owns another man. And that's the end of the story. So for Larry Elder to even come across and say something as ridiculous as that made me lose all respect for him. So uh, congratulations to Gavin Newsom. Um, I don't know if I'm really, I mean, he, he didn't do any worse than any other governor except for Mario Cuomo probably did. The, or Mario Cuomo, what's his name? Andrew Cuomo or whatever his name is. One of the Cuomos. He did a horrific job. Uh, he killed, I mean, how many people with blood on his hands? He put old people in with COVID. I mean, around each other. I mean, you might as well just put them in a, a damn uh, gas chamber. Uh, but Gavin Newsom didn't do any. I mean, he did. He's done some crazy things out here. And the mask thing is a little ridiculous. And, you know, but it looks like not one governor did anything of any value. So to recall this man uh, based on what? Uh, I mean, nobody acted accordingly. Not one leader arose during the biggest crisis or if people want to call it a pandemic, it's not. People aren't dying in the streets. It is a very big crisis, but not one leader rose up. So to say that he should be recalled for that, I don't think so. I think whatever happens is that I think he should have stayed in office because he didn't he didn't prove to be any worse than any other governor. As you're looking, you're seeing DeSantis, who used to be the, the golden child of, uh, of how to deal with COVID. Well, he has more COVID cases than ever right now. So is it luck? Is it... Uh, Maybe some back backdoor forces. Who knows? And and when you look at Gavin Newsom's press conference, he doesn't he doesn't make you uh, feel feel good about the choice that's made. No, he doesn't. He seems like the complete politician. He even brought up Trump, who has been out of office what now for almost two years, or no, I'm sorry, two years, year and a half, or year, whatever. Doesn't matter. I mean, can we move on from that guy? Why do you have to keep bringing up this person? Um, he is a complete politician, and that's it. Uh, I think he's done some okay things, great things. No, he has not done anything great. He's he's serviceable uh, at best, and uh, but definitely a fucking liar. But every every one, every other governor is too. So what do we what do we even talk about? And and when you when I saw people on different chats and and forums and whatnot just talking about incessantly about that they know you know they, everybody turns into a sociology major or some kind of you know when Gavin Newsom doesn't even know how the fuck the chain of command works you know why he doesn't because he won what the fuck does he care and he lets everybody else just kind of talk about it like you dum dums would you really think that these guys are any in any sort of way looking out for you there is absolutely no way. They aren't. It doesn't matter what side. And if you haven't learned that yet, I don't know what age you're going to learn that. So you got to take care of yourself, but take care of people around you as well on a local level. But to worry about bigger things like national, you're never going to be the governor. If anybody's out there listening to this right now, the true, I do have a large audience. Maybe there's one of you out there that has the possibility of possibly being the governor of a, of a, of a state here in, in the United States. That's kind of the odds that you're looking at. And even then, that's a smaller 
that's those are great odds compared to what it really is. Exactly. So all you can do is take care of yourself, your family, and be a good friend and be a good neighbor and help out everybody else out there because tomorrow's never promised, man. Your eye may fall out tomorrow or you may be called to Afghanistan and then shipped back because nothing's being done. So I want to take this time to say thank you everybody that's listened to this podcast and, and me talking about some ridiculous stuff as we should. I mean, we need to laugh. We have to. We have to. Because the world is absurd. I mean, I don't know if it's even like really hit me that I almost lost my eye. Like I was laughing about it that night. But really, the laser treatment, surgery treatment, the laser surgery, I smelled my eyeball being lasered. It hurt slightly, not bad or anything, but I could feel it. I thought lasers were supposed to be. No, you felt it. It did hurt. And it made it real. And if I hadn't got it done, I'd be talking to you like, Arr, I'm a pirate right now. And I wear Argyles. And I went to the movie and it was rated R. <laughs> so you have to laugh at stuff. So we were going to have somebody on earlier tonight. Um, however, she... Um, well, maybe she'll be on the next one. We were, we were crossing our fingers. And then I guess... One of the last things I want to talk about is, is uh, well, I don't think this whole COVID pandemic, or it's not a pandemic as we know, because a pandemic would mean that people are actually dying in the streets. There's nothing we can do, but we'd have to be stepping over bodies, things of that nature. That's not that's a pandemic. Um, we actually are not dying like they say we are. Yes, there are people dying. Yes, people close to me have died, and that's terrible. Um, but if you look at the statistics the people that did die around me, they were of an older age or uh, they did have a weight issue. Um, and that leads me to uh, the other day, there was this um, Hispanic lady. I'm, I came out of the Mexican restaurant. I'm going to get my rental car. Uh, so, you know, when you see the sunlight, you sneeze. Now she's probably a good basketball court away from me. And I'm, my head is turned and we're, I'm in the, the yard where there's nobody around me. And the people are spraying the the uh, the cars off, you know, to, for the Enterprise or whatever, you know, getting them ready. There's nobody around me, and so all this spray is everywhere. And for some reason, this lady who's going into the building, I guess, I don't know, she hears me sneeze, and and my mask, yes, was down, but I was turned towards the street. Nobody around me, and she goes, "Why don't you sneeze in your mask?" <laughs> and. Yeah, the, this dum dum didn't realize that I had got tested the day before because when I you guys heard my story from last episode, so before I saw my parents, I had to I had to get tested, and I I did the twenty uh, sorry the the one hour testing the most expensive one possible the uh, I don't know three hundred dollar gold package, and I so I turned and looked at her I go listen you dummy I got tested yesterday, and she goes it doesn't matter, and she I'm yelling that to her that's how far away so then. Look it, I understand Hispanic women. I understand something happens to you a lot of times, um, and I want to. I want to take this time to be very, very. Um, I want to have a serious talk with you. Oh, um, at some point, um, there comes a time when maybe Sundays and football aren't right for Hispanic women. 
or maybe going out to restaurants is no longer right for Hispanic women. The reason I'm saying this is because Hispanic women are beautiful and they are beautiful up until about the time of like 21. And it that's kind of like where the crossroads come. You either you either go one path and you can stay skinny the rest of your life or you go the the what I like to call the pear route where like you know like your your shape begins to completely change as a woman. And you have no problem with it because you're going to get that last chips and salsa or, or you know, the la- you're going to eat the last bit of the uh, of the burrito at Acapulco. And, and you can't be doing that anymore. You know, somebody somebody needs to, inter- to to have an intervention is what I'm saying at some point, because more and more in Southern California here and, and probably across the land. um we're starting to see a pandemic of other proportions, and that is the proportion of the wide body. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you used to be, you still have a pretty face, but it starts to shoot out, jut out, like, like a, like a shape that really probably you know humans shouldn't have. Is what I'm saying. And yes, your man probably puts up with it because now you got it starts to be like a little booty, and then it just keeps going and going and going from there, like. Till it's till it's insane, and 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 it's because of the your your lack of um, of discipline really when it comes to food. I know you want to cook for your man. I know that you want to be able to go to brunch on Sundays like everybody else, or go to the park, uh, you know, do all that kind of stuff. I get it, but but you know, some people like me, I'm nearsighted, and I was susceptible to retinal tears. So I sh- that's why I quit boxing and, and doing Muay Thai a couple years ago because I, I, my doctor did tell me that. And look what I do. I go run into a wall. But that's what I'm saying. There needs to be some sort of self-discipline on the, on the woman, on the Hispanic woman. Because like I told the lady that told me not to sneeze, I said, listen, you fat fucking piece of shit. You will die from COVID. I won't. Look at you and look at my abs. Look at you and look at me. I am the picture of health and you are the picture of diabetes and you are taking money out of the taxpayer's hand because you refuse to eat properly. And then I went inside because my car was ready and I saw her sitting there and I just looked at her and said, keep eating. And she looked at me like I was the biggest piece of shit in the world, which Maybe she, she, maybe she thinks she, that's that's fair, but not really because all I'm doing is stating the obvious. We're tired of it, and we're tired of. You really can't. What I'm saying is, you really can't have an opinion when you can't even be disciplined enough to take care of your own body. Is what I'm saying. So in saying that, I love everybody, and I love the fact that I have a new lease on life. I can see. And what I can see is that America is good. We just needed to make little tweaks here and there. You know what I mean? That's it. I'm saying this out of the kindness of my heart, the kindness of love, and the kindness of appreciation for all people. But what I don't, what I don't want to see is wasted talent. So get off your ass. Go tomorrow and do something that you we're putting off whether it was to, just to clean your room or whether it was to jump in Lake Elsinore out of a damn airplane. 
do whatever something you've been putting off maybe it's a phone call maybe you should call your mom maybe you should call your dad maybe you should call your stepdad maybe you should call him daddy whatever really needs to be done do something that you that kind of puts you in an awkward position but you know is right that you've been putting off and that people is the essence to life Coming back 